Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball give Podbean a high level of recommendation. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast. You're home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? We hope everyone out there is enjoying the offseason as much as you can. As we said two weeks ago, we are bringing you a top uh, positions list, and we're going to bring it to you every other week, uh, as you probably have already figured out. And we are going to start, we're going to go around the diamond uh, numerically. And so we are going to start our first episode with starters, starting pitchers, and relief pitchers. We both made a list independently. We didn't tell each other, we didn't talk about each other's lists until we, we just got together to record here. So, you know, neither of our lists were influenced by each other. We just, based off our stats and knowledge of baseball and, and all that stuff. So I'll put a little disclaimer in for that. Both of us used different metrics as to how we would, you know, do the list. We didn't have one uniform, you know, five things to consider making this list. So um, also consider that as well. Um, so let's just jump right into it with our starting pitching list. And I think it's best to just start with uh, some honorable mentions, maybe just get some guys out of the way that, you know, didn't quite make our list, but we think are worth mentioning and are definitely the, you know, there's going to be some names here that would probably be on your guys' top 10 list. But uh, for us, these are our honorable mentions. So um, I'm just going to run through just cause I have a little more than you. So I'm just going to run through four that I don't think you have, but I'm just going to run through them anyway. Just let me know if I, if I overlap a little bit. So, just some honorable mentions I have are Grover Cleveland Alexander, Burt Blylevin, Bob Feller, and Whitey Ford, I believe are some that I have just going through the list here. But what are some that uh, some honorable mentions that you got that uh, that I didn't list or, you know, sure. what do you got? Some honorable mentions I have that I um, found hard-pressed to leave off my top ten list, but, you know, had to include Jim Palmer, Juan Marichal, Warren Spahn, who, ugh, <laughs> go look at his stats. Uh, Sandy Koufax, mm. Christy Mathewson, Gaylord Perry, and Ed Plank. Mm. I like it. Yeah, Ed Plank. Uh, I, you guys should really go look up his stats as well. I don't think anyone really talks about Ed Plank or even knows Ed Plank, and he had a, a hell of a career. <laughs> so that uh, that just about covers my honorable mentions. Um, without you know, I don't want to spoil the list too much. You know, because there are uh, me and Frank do have a lot of similarities in our list, but there are two guys in particular that I have on my list that he doesn't and vice versa. But the rest of the list, eight of them are, are similar. So I think going into this, we kind of knew that the lists would be pretty similar, just different orders. You know, we kind of knew our guys. So I'm just going to go, since I'm already, you know, I already kind of got my my list right here. I'm just going to start with my guy and we'll go back and forth. I'll start with 10 and, and, and go up. Um, number 10, just, just to piss Frank off, oh. right off the bat, my number 10 guy Maybe a little surprise to a lot of you is Clayton Kershaw. Now, I you know this list we're not going to go too deep into stats. We could be here all day if we get into the nitty gritty of these guys' stats and their. If you want to get analytical, ERA plus and BABIP and, and you know whatever the hell these analytic terms are. But Clayton Kershaw, you know if you if you guys really do look at the stats, now obviously it comes with a caveat that his career is not over yet. He go out there and the rest of his career have a six ERA, and that just is what it is. But up to this point. I believe Clayton Kershaw on my list is number two or number three lowest ERA on my list. Through this point in his career has, you know, probably, I think he's top four in lefty strikeouts, top five, something like that. I could be wrong. 
war up into his career based on my list at the time of their career i think he's second based on war he's got you know an mvp he's got cy young's you know all that he's got the accolades along with a lot of these guys but i think that clayton kershaw you know if you're not even considering him for your list i think he is worth at least um taking a look at you know and at least being maybe in your top 25 top 20 top 15 something like that so but i like uh, i think clayton kershaw's my number 10 and i think that by the end of his career he could be top three lefties of all time and that's just that's just to piss frank off i had that sure, sure. <laughs> so i don't think he's a top 10 pitcher or an honorable mention and he's a he's a good pitcher he's had a good career but i don't think you can look at all the starting pitchers we've had in baseball and be like that's my guy not yet, at least. I don't know if he continues to pitch, um, but I'm not gonna. You know, I want to get into it too much because we could be here all all day. But um, mm. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you can argue that he, you know he could be put on there. I mean, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Um, there's just so many other guys, older pitchers, that were just so so dominant all the time. But uh, it's that's a good it's a good pick. Uh, my number ten is um, is Roger Clemens. They said he took steroids. He fought it somehow. They said he didn't take steroids, but he's not in the Hall of Fame, not not yet. But you look at his numbers. I mean, what's he got? Seven Cy Youngs, something like um, that. Yeah, intimidating on the mound. His career was very long. You know, the only thing you could say it was his, it was his playoffs and his, his, you know, those stats weren't that great. Um, but uh, unbelievable pitcher with with the stats to back him up. And if it wasn't for some steroid allegations and not being liked by the media. He's probably uh, top two or three starting pitcher of all time. So yeah, sure. uh, I got him a 10 because of some of those allegations and some of the other stuff. But I mean, his numbers, as all these guys do, speak for themselves. So, yeah, uh, Roger Clemens, uh, I'm going to get to uh, in a little bit. So I don't want to talk too, too much on him. But, you know, you're going to hear from me a little bit shortly here with Roger Clemens. And I have a lot of similar, similar issues, kind of where I wanted to put him on the list. So I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. But um, my number nine is Cy Young. And I think that in a top 10 list, I had a problem placing Cy Young. I originally didn't even really want to put him on my list, but I'm like, man, he has the all-time wins, innings, all-time decisions. Yeah, he does have more losses than anybody, but when you consider the innings and, and the, the, the workload the guy was put on, I think it's really hard to keep him off your list. It depends on also, you know, if you're making a list where you want more older guys, you want less older guys. Me personally, I don't like to put a whole heck of a lot of the older guys because I don't think a lot of them translate to every generation of baseball. But I think Cy Young is one of those guys where if you picked him up, plucked him out of the 19 teens and 1920s or whatever, uh, you know, 1906, 1800s. yeah, the ni- early 1900s, you know, you pick him up and threw him down in, in 2020, he could probably pitch pretty effectively. That's obviously a completely subjective. We don't know that, but I think that he is one of those guys that could translate a little bit and uh so yeah i mean we have a, the award named after him so it's hard yeah. to keep him off <laughs> yeah um i don't know i don't know how you got him down there but <laughs> i don't know i'll go into it later i guess but uh yeah he's he's awesome <laughs> but uh number nine on my list is i got Noel ryan um he's a guy who a lot of people's list you could probably see him higher but the reason i didn't put him up higher um and a lot of things i used for my list were longevity a little bit of playoff success you know career numbers um dominance and would you want him does he pop off the page when you look at your name and go oh, i'm gonna build a team or i want starting five rotation of all guys you know all pitchers do you say oh, i can i want him on my team that's why a lot of where a lot of my my names are come from but the reason i got him so low is because a lot of walks a lot of losses 
wild. He did pitch, you know, he pitched a long time. He just never could find wins and World Series wins and and you know career success and 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 rings and trophies. You know, he, I don't think he ever won a Cy Young either. I think you're right. So somehow he never won an award, um, but never could win that World Series either. So that kind of puts him down towards the bottom. And he had a lot of losses. I don't think people really consider. Mm. I mean, no hitters. He had about nine no hitters and twelve one hitters and. 38 two-hitters or something like that. I mean, ridiculous stats. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. pitched for 50 years. But just that that lack of winning a World Series, I think, hurts him. And then, obviously, losses being up a little higher than people. And walks being up a little higher. Um, that's kind of why I have him um, nine, which is a great spot for him. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you can easily, on a lot of people's lists, are probably top five and, you know, two or three, somewhere in there. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, do, I do have him a little higher. Um, I don't necessarily disagree, though. With the placing, because not to say Nolan Ryan's overrated, because I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's he's an overrated pitcher. But the exactly what you said, a little bit higher walks, decisions, um, the the lack of the the accolades, the World Series, the things like that, especially for a guy that was so dominant in his era. You know, he really was like it, every era, and he well, yeah, that, yeah, he did pitch forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I you know I, I do. I don't want to spoil my list, but I do have him close to your your spot. But you know, I, I think that Nolan Ryan is is maybe you get a little people get a little caught up in the name more than when you actually digest the stats a little bit. Sure. My number eight, a little close to a guy we talked about earlier for you, is Roger Clemens. Um, a lot of the same things that you said I, I, with the steroid stuff and and a lot of the allegations and the kind of asterisk at this point that's ne- next to his name. I had a really hard time putting him a lot higher on my list above a lot of the guys that as you'll see were just really dominant for their era didn't have a lot of uh most of these guys didn't have a lot of uh questions surrounding their their performance and and what could have attributed to it granted there's a reason he's number eight on my list I'm not gonna sit here and bash the guy but I think that had there not been a lot of that or around him and I'm pretty sure he never failed the test that's I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, yeah, and he, he went was, to court, and they never proved that he took steroids. Yeah, so compared to Bonds, where they they proved that he was on them, just didn't couldn't couldn't prove that he knew he took them. Yeah, so legally, I mean, technically speaking, the guy never we don't know. Which but, I always found surprising. I'm like, well, he never took them, so why are we still kind of bashing him like he did? Yeah, well, not saying we didn't take them, but he got proved not taking them. So I was like, we should kind of treat him somewhat questionable, but still be like, okay, well, he won. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, technically. So, yeah, I mean, but other than that, I mean, he's t- like OJ. T- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Um, but to to put a little, you know, a little more positive spin on Roger Clemens, I mean, a dominant, dominant pitcher, really workhorse out there, really wanted the ball in big games. Um, you know, especially you know when he was with the Yankees, they were really good during that time. A personality wise, obviously, I, I think he probably takes a little bit of a bump there too. You know, obviously, you know, you, you shouldn't consider it, but there is in your mind a little bit more positivity around some other guys, you know, that you that you off the field admire a little more. Um, so Roger Clemens, for me, just uh, number eight falls a little short. But, you know, your top ten pitcher. I mean, it's nothing to, nothing to sneeze at, you know. Yeah, yeah. So my number eight was actually a guy you mentioned earlier, as your honorable mention, um, and that's Bob Feller. I got Bob Feller at number eight because threw the ball so hard. Oh, yeah. He was so dominant. He was a disgusting pitcher, and he struck everybody out all the time, and he missed four years. Mm-hmm. He struck. He led the league in strikeouts, I think, three years in a row. Then went to to World War II, 
uh, for four years. Came back and then led the league in strikeouts like seven more times in a row. Unreal. He was unbelievable and missed four years in their earlier prime of his career. And he still had ridiculous stats. He just was a dominant, dominant pitcher. And you could just go to war and, and you know, fight for a country and a cause. And then come back and dominate in a, you know, in, when you compare the two, a silly sense. You yeah. Know, when you go to war and fight for, you know, world peace, essentially, what they did. And then come back and, and dominate in a silly, sillier sense in a, in a game. But it was dominant. And just dominant. Before and after and... He just threw so hard. Was one of the original velocity guys. Oh yeah, that you can actually you know have record of. So that's why I got him on there. Um, a guy that I was like learning about, um, and a guy that I actually got an autograph for. So uh, I had to put him on there because he was just that. I mean, it's Bob Feller. Yeah, <laughs> he was just that good. So uh, you had him on your honorable mention, which is you know can't argue. But I got him at number eight because I want him. So yeah, Bob Feller was great. I think a guy that actually gets a little lost in time. I think he's. He, I think a lot of people kind of neglect to mention him in the top starting pitching uh, conversation. And I think that he was, like you said, fastball dominant, uh, strikeout wise dominant. I mean, he was. He was. Bob Feller for his time was really good, and he's a guy. And this is a consideration I had um, for a lot of my guys on the list. Can they pitch in any era? Bob Feller could pitch in any era. Yeah. And just straight up. Give him up. those four years. Oh yeah. Give him his what he was putting up in four years. He's probably. We're at the top of everyone's list. Yeah. Probably top five. Yeah. Because he w- his numbers were that good. And then he missed four years. Mm-hmm. It's a similar situation when we get there. And at some point, you get to the Ted Williams numbers and stuff like that. You take four years out of the middle of their careers. It's like saying, you know, you, you take four years, uh, you know, give Trout four years in the middle here. Like, let's say COVID shut the baseball down for four years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back as dominant again. That's four years. It's not like, oh, he missed his season. Or two seasons. Just like an injury, you know, you could say, oh, this is four years without really having any say in it. That could be And, and what? then coming back and dominating. So that's, you know, 20 wins. Let's say at least 20 wins. That's 80 more wins. Mm-hmm. Just at least 20 because at that time you're putting up 25, 26 wins. Mm-hmm. And 200-something strikeouts. Yeah. 300 Got, strikeouts. Guys were even still putting up 30 wins. Yeah. You know? And his stuff, he probably could have. Yeah. So. Yeah, he would certainly have cracked my list if that were the case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is where I, th- in my mind, really when my list starts to tighten, like where the one through seven are really like really interchangeable. You could put them just about anywhere. And I think that kind of uh, is really appropriate with my number seven pick is Bob Gibson, who in all facets, I mean, just an unreal dominant guy. I mean, fiery on the mound, probably the most pound for pound, probably one of the most fiery competitors on this list probably number one number two with another guy we'll get to later well, but, the guy i think we just mentioned roger clemens oh yeah 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 that's true but bob gibson i mean just holds the record for the era record i think for a single season i'm pretty sure still unless you i mean unless there's some ridiculous 1880 two toes kennedy you know <laughs> through a, a 0.7 era or something but but yeah I, I mean the era title what he did for baseball and what he did for the Cardinals, uh, World Series, playoff dominant. I'm pretty sure he had, what, a 17-strikeout game or something like that in the, like World, Series. the World Series? record still for that. So, I mean, uh, just what more? What can you say about Bob Gibson that already hasn't been said? And and, uh, and that's why I got him number seven. And, and if you wanted to put him at number two, number three, number four, anywhere in there, that's fine with me. Yeah. I'm yeah. good with it. Yeah. I'll get into him later because, you know, he's he's a... 
He's a legend. And, uh, an unbel- I don't even know what else you could say about him. He's just... I find it weird that you got him at seven. We happened to, to lose him recently. Yeah. Um, the guy I have seven, we also lost recently, and that's Tom Seaver. That's weird. I didn't even think about that. So uh, I find that a little weird. Tom Seaver was uh, Tom Terrific or Terrific Tom. Or I don't remember exactly which way that goes. But Mr. Met, you know, he's probably the best Met of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the best pitchers of all time, obviously. Got him at seven. Um, dominant. Played with some not great teams. And it was still really good, um, which doesn't really get credited so much when you look at it and go, well, you know, his team was terrible, but it didn't bother him. Likeable guy. You know, we lost him recently. You know, stretching so far and the knee touching the ground was was iconic. Um, yep. His impact on the game, his impact on the Mets. I mean, he really uh, saved, or not saved, but helped get the Mets off the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tom Seaver, one of the best pitchers. Um, I think he gets... Lost in the shuffle because he's not that. To a lot of people, he doesn't jump off the page. Even to me, I, you know, I see his name, I go, yeah, he was really. But he never like that real that excitement when I go, oh man, like, like I see Bob Feller. I mean, that, that excites you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tom mm-hmm. Seaver. I mean, he he was great. Mm-hmm. But I never felt that just that, that real excitement. But I mean, I know how good he is, and everyone knows how good he is. That's why I got him seven here on the list. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a shame we lost. Uh, like you said, it's funny that we've got them both at seven. Uh, it's a shame we lost both him and um, Bob Gibson uh, the same year. But, yeah, I, I see what you mean. He doesn't jump off the page immediately. But when you – he's another guy you digest his stats a little bit and you look at it, it's like, oh, my God, this guy was just unreal, uh, you know. You put him with, with Carlton. Yeah. As you like to say, Steve Carlton, another one when no one really gives him uh, credit. But Steve really give credit. But it doesn't excite you, that name. Yeah. For some reason. I think it's just because you're like, well, he's just really good and everyone just kind of knows it. And, you know, he just kind of went about his business. There was no fighting. There was no arguing. There was no, uh, you know, he just kind of played and was really good and kind of moved on. I yeah. don't know. I feel like that's kind of what happened. Yeah, he just, I don't know. But he obviously, he's one of the greatest pitchers. I'm taking him on my team whenever. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to move on, because I'll, I'll get to him in just a second. But uh, number six, as you previously mentioned, I got uh, Nolan Ryan. Um, I mean, what more is there to say that, I, you know, I haven't said about Nolan Ryan yet, but um, the, the no-hitter record, the, the one-hitter, two-hitter, uh, how many games he threw there. I mean, it's hard to not put him in your top ten. I think you would be hard-pressed not to have him somewhere in that in that, in that uh, upper echelon of, of, of pitchers. Especially, uh, you know, there's a lot of stories of him. He worked harder than every, everyone in that, in that weight room and trying to be in shape to be able to pitch as long as he did. And, 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 and he pitched until he literally couldn't pitch no more. His last pitch, his arm gave out, similar to what we've seen in CC. Yeah. He pitched until his arm gave out, and then he walked, walked off and never, gave, never got back on. Yeah. And then he did what he did off, off the field or, or after his playing days, which owning the Rangers and being a big you know part in the Rangers and, and stuff like that also has a, it was a lasting impact. Yeah. Yeah, and he, the guy just, uh, at least now, just never seems to smile. So, he's <laughs> dead serious demeanor. So, But that speaks to, I mean, you know, there's one particular instances, instance that you can think of Nolan Ryan with uh, uh, Robin Ventura. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say iconic moments. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the Astrodome, pitching mm-hmm. in the Astrodome, pitching with the, you know, the, the colorful Astro jerseys I always remember. But the picture I always think of Nolan Ryan is is always the one with the blood on his face. Yep. He's on the mound. I don't mm-hmm. care what anyone says. He's out there. Oh, that's yeah. just that was like him. Sure. If you had to pick one picture about who who, who is he, what explains or what describes him, we, here and you're like, oh, all right, yeah. Yeah. When you went to say it, I knew I was like the blood. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. That's <laughs> you the, know. That's the picture. That's that or what's it when he's holding like 
Doesn't he have like a picture where he's holding like five different balls in his hand? Yeah, it's like the the no hitters, all the ones he's got. He's got them all in his hand, like seven of them or something. Yeah, that one I I always think too because it's like, all right, so he can just hold like a bucket of baseballs at once. Yeah. No no hitter balls. All right. Yeah, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, so that's another, but yeah, so he's just an iconic figure. Yeah. And and with the World Series here or there and and a Cy Young here or there, he's number one. Yeah, you can shoot him up the list, yeah. But, you know, great spot though. I mean, I I can't argue with it. Yeah, yeah. I can argue with it. So. My number six, uh, number six on my my list here, is uh, good old Lefty Grove. And he was a righty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. But uh, Lefty Grove, um, <clears throat> one of the best left-handed pitchers of all time. I have him. Te- technically, you want to look at my list. He's the second best left-handed pitcher um, of all time. Just dominant. I, I mean, I, it's, it seems silly to say with all these guys, but they're just dominant. That's so that was main. Our main thing was dominant when mm-hmm. he pitched. Dominant for me it was longevity. You know, consistency. These guys did that. I mean, he had numbers that just, they don't make sense. Yeah. And you could say, oh, a little bit older, but he kind of pitched in the teens into the, the, into more of the, you know, the, the live ball era into the 20s with Babe Ruth and kind of where baseball kind of, you know, got its shape for a long period of time. Mm. You know, some of the older guys in the early 1900s and even late 1800s, baseball really didn't have its shape yet. <clears throat> yeah. It was still newer. Dead ball and stuff like that. Once you got to the teens and the 20s, baseball kind of had its shape. For yeah. the next 50, 60 years. Yeah, the rise of Babe Ruth, really. Yeah, so he pitched with that. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, you can kind of count him as kind of the old pitcher, but still kind of pitched <clears throat> in that newer era or, you know, that, that live ball era where it's like, okay, baseball kind of, these stats kind of make sense now mm-hmm. compared to when you look at guys like Cy Young and, you know, old, old Hoss Raglorn who had like 90 wins in one season. You know, you, those stats don't make sense, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. Lefty Grove, I mean, what else can you say about him, you know? He's arguably the best left-handed pitcher of all time. I got him at number two, mm. and he's just—he was just dominant. He was just dominant. He mm. was that, that dominant presence on the mound, and it was just—I don't know—you couldn't beat him. You couldn't beat him. No, he was hard to be, hard to beat. Yeah, um, he's one of the guys I left off my list. That you know, when you consider the older pitchers, I—I I, I left him off my list because I didn't want to. You know, the older pitchers for me are a little bit of a hard sell, with with being able to to you know they're interchangeable when you're making a list with with you know. I have Clayton Kershaw on here, you know, is it, is it like, can you, can you put them in every era? You know, that's, but Lefty Grove is one of those guys where unfortunately he's not on my list, but I mean, he was awesome. He's top at the very worst. He's top three and lefties of all time at, at the very worst. You gotta have him top three. And, um, you know, like, like you said, you look at some of the stats, it's, it's almost hard to believe, you know? And like I said earlier with Cy Young, it's just hard to believe some of these stats with these older guys. But they're there, and, and, and like you said, he pitched a little bit more into that live ball era with, with Ruth and, and Jimmy Fox and Gehrig and those guys. So, you know, it starts to get a little uh, – his stats are a little bit more representable than three-finger Mordecai Brown, you know. Uh, so yes. <laughs> Brown. Yeah. Number five for me is Tom Seaver. You had him just a, just a tad lower than me. But I think Tom Terrific is – is top five pitcher. I think that he, you know, he embodied, like you said, I think he's the top, the best Met of all time. He embodied, you know, being in that big New York market and trying to establish that New York market for the Mets. You know, you look at his war, you look at his wins, strikeouts, you know, those big, those kind of big stats that you look at. And it's hard to avoid his dominance in his era, his dominance over a long period of time. You could, again, with what I go back to, you could put him in any area. If you drop Tom Seaver in 2020, he'd be just fine. I think. And I think that, you know, losing him obviously is a shame, but off the field, you know, you could see 
that he was a nice guy. He represented baseball well, represented the Mets well. I think that contributes to to my placing on the list. And uh, like he said before, he doesn't jump. He doesn't really jump off the page at you when you look at Tom Seaver. But man, he he was really good. And uh, like I said, he just cracks that top five for me over uh, Nolan Ryan and Bob Gibson and the others. He just yeah. cracks that top five. Yeah, and one more thing with Tom Seaver, what you could say, which really shows you how important they were and how good they were and how yeah, impactful they were. Mets fans, even younger ones, you know, even our age, 20 years old, 25 years old, 15 years old, they knew who he was, knew who, know who he was, and liked him. Mm-hmm. And knew ex- almost knew exactly who he was, like they watched him, mm-hmm. even though they never did. Yeah. Or even came close to watching him. And that's how you really know the impact of somebody. Yeah. So he really had that impact on, on, on Mets fans and people around baseball. Sure. Even though they never watched him. Yeah, we that's it. never watched him. Yeah, we never watched him, but... Damn, do we know about him? Sure. You know, and the impact that he had. Yeah. So, um, my number five is one of my personal favorite pitchers of all time. Love him, mm-hmm. love him to death. That's Greg Maddox. I'm gonna come right out and say he's number five. I know some of his postseason stats are not not great. They're not you know Kershaw bad, but they're not great. You know, he struggled. You know, but longevity. Oh yeah, forget about forever. it. Yeah. What do you have? Ten gold gloves as a pitcher. Oh yeah. You know, his accuracy is, 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 he's probably number one most accurate pitcher of all time. Starter ever reliever, I don't care. He could pitch in any era. He throw 80 miles per hour. It doesn't matter. He throw 90 miles per hour. You know, he never threw hard. Mm-hmm. He never said a word. Dominant. He just was always the same. Motion was always the same. Technique was always the same. He really invented the, 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 uh, the front door two-seamer, even though he never threw hard. Mm-hmm. You know, he threw change-ups to lefties when people never really did that. You know, he, he did a lot of things no one ever did. Mm-hmm. And never beat you with velocity. He beat you with his smarts, his accuracy, and, and, and you just, you had to really outsmart him, which was never going to happen. Yeah, oh yeah, so, sure. Uh, Greg Maddox is one of my favorite pitchers of all time. He can still pitch. He really can still pitch. Sure. Um, You know, and then you see him talking, and he's very well-liked, very well-spoken. Um, knows the game, just unbelievable. And uh, just one of my favorite pitchers, and I got him at, I got him number five. Man, who who wouldn't, want, who wouldn't want him in his rotation? You know, the only blip on it and his thing is, is is some of his postseason. Um, if it was for a little bit better postseason, he's probably up my list another couple spots. You know, I also got a bunch of guys on who are really hard to t- take off, but yeah, he would probably bump up another spot or two if he had a little bit better postseason um, career. But um, one of the best pitchers, and I mean, look, what do you have? Like three hundred and fifty wins. Yeah, and he pitched like. A couple years ago, feels like. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel long ago. Now you're like, oh, is anyone going to get 200 wins? Well, he had a shot at 400. Yeah, yeah. And that was only not long ago. Yeah. So, just just dominant. Just, yeah. Just flat out dominant and, and completely different than a lot of these pitchers on here. The way he Oh, did. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's why, you know, and, and he's just iconic with the, you know, soup can accuracy and, and, the, and the gold glove yeah. on the mound. Yeah, Greg Maddox, I mean, uh, I, will, I will get to him, don't you worry. Yes. But just in short, I mean... Everything you said, I mean, the 350 wins, uh, 353, I think is, I could be wrong, but I think that's the exact number. Um, He's, for me, the embodiment of being able to pick him up and whatever, pick a year, you can throw him, Greg Maddox, and he'll be good. And like you said, the one blip, the playoffs, obviously, is is you would like that to be better with someone that had that sort of dominance and, and pitch accuracy. You'd think that it would just translate, but, you know, there's just some guys, it's like an anomaly. It's like the playoffs are just... It's just different bad thing. timing, bad luck. You, you know, yeah. uh, one bad start, you're good for 50 starts in a year, and then you have one bad one. You know, Shane Bieber this year. Yeah, it, it happens. Yeah, but, you know, uh, you're not gonna keep. You're not gonna not run them out there. Yeah, 
having Greg Maddox, if you're thinking of your top five as a rotation, you have Greg Maddox number five, you're not going to complain. No. No, I'm not going to complain ever. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll get to him in a little bit. But number four, to move up the list a little bit into my top five here, and my number four is Pedro Martinez. Now, here's a guy who analytic people love Pedro Martinez. I mean, I've seen him analytic lists put him at number one, number two, number three. I don't put him quite that high because you'll see my top three and you'll you'll understand why. And same thing with, with you. I, you don't even have Pedro on your list, I don't think. I mean, Pedro Martinez, you know, because people like to also put in the stat of a dominant for the era. You know, they, they, I think there's that new stat where it's like um, prime, prime years or whatever it's there called. Are 10 years. Yeah. Or whatever, or 10 years. Yeah, and when you look at, uh, it's mainly the Red Sox years of Pedro Martinez. Uh, it's like the last one or two with, with the Expos, but it's really the Red Sox years of Pedro where it's it's literally some of the best pitching uh, seasons of all time. You know, the 98, 99 season, 2000 season, um, stuff like that is some of the best baseball. And in, in an era where the hitters were at, it's the, some of the best hitting uh, in baseball history. Now, obviously, there's the the question of of the steroid stuff. You know, it is the era where it was just running rampant and everyone was doing it because you could. So there's obviously the caveat of that. There's the the asterisk that you put next to his name. But I think that Pedro Martinez, and because he's so recent that you really could pick him up and put him anywhere. I mean, if you threw, there's some of these guys, and the the next guy I'll get to, certainly, if you threw him in 1920, God knows what stats he'd have. You know what I mean? You know, but Pedro Martinez is, is... um, like I said, an analytical darling. People really like him. Around the game, he's a, he's a good presence around the game. Red Sox fans love him. Yankee fans obviously don't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Pedro Martinez for me, top five, just, just a tick above. I mean, just a tick above Tom Seaver for me, but, uh, you know, top five otherwise, number four. Yeah, I left Pedro off my list, and he went out of my honorable mentions. Um, I think he gets a lot of credit for being a well-liked guy, which is not wrong with that. Yeah. He, for being as dominant as he was, to only have 200 and what'd you say, 12 wins, it was two, 219. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's a great number. But to be that dominant and not have that many wins, um, it just shows that his longevity wasn't that great. He had seven years, didn't have the 10 years. And he was dominant starting in about 97. And he was not dominant after 03. And it just seems weird that mm. steroids were real big there and they cracked down in about 03. Mm. And then he started struggling a little bit. So I always... Sat, you know, sat weird for me, but I mean, his look at his stats, he's great. But the longevity and, and, and some of those question marks kind of kept him off my my list here because I just don't know how you can have as dominant as he was and only have 200 wins. Then you have someone like Greg Maddox who pitched during the same time. You know, obviously he lasted a little, you know, longer, but he had 353 wins. A heck of a lot Pedro, more. They, they say had probably the best stuff, some of the best stuff of all time. Oh yeah. So it just doesn't it doesn't add up to me. I, I, great pitcher. I don't get me wrong. I just that's why I left him off though. You know, I, you can you made too many cases. Um, like you know, you could say, oh, why do you have Clemens on there? He had steroids and stuff like that. But it's like he look at his numbers though. It's seven side youngs over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and his numbers kind of were. He did have ten years. Mm. Pedro had like seven. So you can kind of see, and it was right in the steroids period. Mm. So. That's kind of why I have him off there, but I can't, you know, I can't really, you know, I'm not going to argue with you no. why you put him on there. My number four, there ain't no arguing. No. There's no arguing why this man's on here. Uh, another one of my favorite pitchers, if not my favorite pitcher of all time, and that's the big unit, Randy Johnson. He's the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time, hands down. I don't, I don't care. Lefty Grove, Carlton, I don't care who you put up there. I, I, don't really, I really don't. I don't care shit. Uh, he's the best left-handed pitcher of all time. You know, 311 wins, whatever he had. Really wasn't a great pitcher until he was about 30. Uh, won 
six Cy Youngs. Something, something like that, yeah. World Series winner, you mm-hmm. know, uh, co-MVP, and just dominant. Yeah. Put any lefty batter up there, any, any lefty batter up there, and he, he's going he's gonna to dominate. Of all time, any lefty. That yeah. was my thought. He was shutting down lefty hitters. His presence on the mound was was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The intimidating, the long hair, the seven foot tall, coming down the mound, slinging it from the dugout. Mm-hmm. Throwing up. I mean, look what he did to, to uh, John Crook. Yeah. He actually scared a grown man out of the box. Yeah, oh yeah. And he's a nice guy. That's the thing. He's a nice guy. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, yo, know, he was mean off the field, too. Mm-hmm. He's the nicest guy in the world. Well, that's what they said about Bob Gibson, too. It was the same way. But on that field, the, he turned the helmet backwards. Remember when they did that, Larry Walker? He mm-hmm. didn't even smile. Like, he was like, okay, he might just now, he might he might kill me now. He threw like 100. He handed it to the catcher. I mean, no hitters, perfect games. Uh, the, the image I always remember, and no, it's not the bird hitting the bird. <laughs> the image I always remember with him was was when he had the glove over his head and he always had the eyes and sweating and the long hair. I always remember that, but the one image was with the claw. When yeah. He threw that no hitter, was it the no hitter or the perfect game? It might have been the perfect game. I think it might have. It was like, like 41. His, yeah, late in his career. And he yeah. put the claw up there mm-hmm. and he like yelled. Mm-hmm. He just stuck that glove up and it looked like a claw. Mm-hmm. That's the image I always remember of Randy Johnson. Just stuck that up there and he was like, I'm better than everybody. Still. Yeah. You know, and then the funny moment, you know, with the bird, kind of funny. Another funny moment I always remember, no no one really else remembers, when he was pitching with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Mid-pitch, the guy blew the tug horn, the tugboat, mm-hmm. and he was like, what? Stopped his motion <laughs> and threw like a lollipop and he counted the pitch, called it a strike. Mm-hmm. I always remember that. It's funny. And, and then after he got his 300th win, he goes, before he left his interview, he goes, all right, 211 more. Oh, yeah. Cy Young. Yeah. So I always remember those kind of funny things, but that that main image when he stuck that glove up there and then pitched on like what one day's rest after like 150 pitches in the World Series. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did what he, he rubber band arm. Yeah. I mean, he could still pipe pitch, Mm-mm. and he was built on velocity, sure, most of it. But the slider from the dugout all the way across the plate. I mean, disgusting, it's just disgusting. He was just, I don't know. I would never want to face him righty lefty. I don't care. I would never want to umpire. No. There. I was scared if I was in the front row. Mm-hmm. Like I might get hit. <laughs> And I'm okay with that, I guess. Yeah. Like, he was just dominant and disgusting. You can easily put him higher. If you were going for just live ball era, I mean, yeah. you put him at number one, I wouldn't argue with you. Yeah. And he's um, one of my most beloved players I've ever watched. I know, yeah. Even he, he struggled a bit as a Yankee. I, I don't care. You could play with the Red Sox, I wouldn't have cared. That's that's where I'm at with him, too, is, is he's one of my favorite um, characters at baseball, just the, the presence of Randy Johnson. And this just segues right into my, my number three is Randy Johnson. I'm actually surprised I have him higher than you do. I was very surprised. I thought I thought you'd have him one or two, you know, just because I know you always you always love Randy Johnson. So I, well, I you'll thought, see my three. Yeah, it makes you'll, you'll yeah. understand why yeah. he's not at least three. Number one and two is you won't. Well, you'll get. I guess we'll both agree on two, but yeah, one we'll <laughs> we'll get to our little disagreement there. Yeah, but just quick on Randy Johnson that that you didn't already mention. I mean, yeah, dominant um, rubber band arm that he just he slung the ball and just seemed to just just get the job done. I mean, the slider from that side, you know, that side release to a lefty with that slider, you're not hitting it. Good luck. From the dugout, it was coming. Yeah. The guy on deck had a shot at hitting it. I mean, he was uh, was awesome. Uh, He was awesome to watch. I'm glad we got to watch him. He was on the Yankees for a little bit, even though he kind of didn't do that great. Um, In that kind of that era of his his pitching career, yeah, he was, yeah, he signed a contract. Like, he was the biggest free agent, and he was 40, you know, so 40-41. So... Yeah, well, I mean, what is there more to say about Randy Johnson? He's in my top three. I think that if you're, if like we said, you consider your top five rotation, having Randy Johnson as your third guy is fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's your number three starter? Fine. Yeah, intimidating, <laughs> tough on the mound. Um, no hitters and perfect games and 
one hitters and oh yeah World Series. He had it all, and he mm-hmm. was good in those big games. Yep. And he wasn't really good for his first eight nine years. He was crazy and wild, and stats weren't there, but. He locked it in. He was something else. Yeah, he locked it in. His 10 years were later than a lot of people's 10 years, but they were the best 10 years. They oh, were yeah. some of the best 10 years of a pitcher. Just intimidating and, and, and a character that's not that, that really can't be matched, that size and, and stuff as a pitcher. And just um, the closest thing I think we see to it really is Chris Sale with the similar, he is very more similar. slingy and more funky delivery, but similar slider and hard velocity, not quite as hard, but... Yeah, similar. That's probably your. That's probably your closest. Yeah, um, lanky, lefty, tall. Yeah. Just kind of side. Never hurt. Randy Johnson no. was never hurt. He never got hurt. He was fantastic. Yeah, but that's my that's my number three. So, so that's yeah. So we my got we're three, right there. <laughs> yeah, my number three, and the reason why Johnson's not number three is because of this this young man, and it's a shame we lost him because you just want them to live forever, um, especially when they're immortal like these guys. And that's Bob Gibson. The reason I have him number three, he changed the game. And I'll argue with you, and I don't want to get onto a tantrum here, but I'll argue with you the same reason in basketball. Well, I put Will Chamberlain number one. It's because he changed the game, and he scored 100 points. But yeah, it helps. <laughs> but Bob Gibson changed the game completely. He, he the mound got lowered because he was like he, the best. Yeah, 1.12. Yeah, right. I think so. Yeah. Are you think, kidding me? Yeah. Are you, uh, you could have went up there with no bat, had a better shot. <laughs> I bet yeah. you, you could put you could probably put some sort of thing together, and you might have a shot if you went up there with no bat. Yeah. He was that dominant, that crazy, didn't care. You know, get my plate, your box. You stay in your box, I'll stay over my plate. Mm. You got something to say, gone. See you later. Go to first base. Yeah. <laughs> Hit a home run, don't even, just walk down the first next at bat. Mm. That intimidating, that mean on the mound, you know, great teammate, off the field, nice guy. But he wanted to win, and he did. Oh, yeah. And he was dominant in the playoffs, 17 strikeouts. He didn't care. He wanted to win, and he just, he was just something else. Um, the stories about him, the legacy he had, what he meant for the Cardinals, what he meant to baseball, what he meant to pitching were just that's why I got him up there. But, you know, he's iconic. Mm-hmm. It's a shame we lost him because you just want those guys to live forever. Yeah. And in some ways they will. But um, Bob Gibson, yeah, I don't got to really sit here and argue with him for anybody. And I got his autograph because I love that. I love that man. Yeah. And the stories you hear about him are just are just unbelievable. Yeah. He's uh, – I have him obviously a little lower than you, just four spots lower. But no – you know, I have no problem – top three pitcher of all time. I mean, like you said, lower the mound. Um, his his stuff was just so dominant that, like you said, they had to do something about about the mound height and, and the, the dominance at which pitchers were, you know, were, were performing at that time, specifically Bob Gibson. Um, his his performances in the playoffs, performances um, at any time. You, you needed him and he was there. And uh, obviously the intimidation factor is high with him. So I already said my piece kind of on him, and and I know you've always we've always loved him. So uh, there's no surprise there, and we've talked about him before on the show. So yeah, number three is a good spot for him. <laughs> Having Bob Gibbs here's your number three starting pitcher, it's fine. That's that's more than fine. <laughs> yeah, the World Series game three, you got Bob Gibbs on the bump. That's fine. Yeah, and then Randy Johnson pitching for game four. Oh, yeah, we got a shot. I think. Yeah, I think we're okay. Yeah. And then he'll pitch game five too. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So to move on to my number two, which is our only same spot that we have on our list here is Walter Johnson. Um, Walter Johnson, if you, I I would think if you look up a lot of people's lists of best pitchers of all time, you often find him at least top five, at least. I think Walter Johnson is one of the, the only guys from that era that if you picked him up and put him in a year, he translates 
the big uh, uh, his fastball apparently for the time was legendary. I mean, like like not, nothing you've ever seen. Obviously, at this point in baseball, you know, it, it you got to question it a little bit how they measured fastballs back then. The height of the mound. The height of the mound. Um, the baseball they were using. You know, obviously it plays a factor. The bats they were using, stuff like that, and just the natural evolution of baseball. But uh, Walter Johnson, uh, I believe, for my list is has lowest ERA. I believe is like a just a touch above a two ERA for his career. 400 wins, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's a little under, over 400 wins. Six, I think, or something Yeah, like something like that. Um, God knows how many complete games, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the, it's stats that don't you can't even have anymore. No one's getting 400 wins anymore, let alone 300. No one's getting the 400. Um, and to have a, a career ERA just a shade over two, what the... Are you kidding me? The best relievers don't really even have that. That's... It's it's insane and and like I said I think that if you put him in 2020 I think that Walter Johnson uh, would not only be fine I think that Walter Johnson would do very well I think in in even today's ball yeah. I think that you know you, you know you give him I don't know give him five starts and he's out there and 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 he's winning you games sure that's what I think so you know you can say your piece on Walter Johnson because like I said this is the only this is the only part in our list that we agree but um I think it's it's a pretty sound agreement. Among a lot of baseball fans, I think. Yeah, yeah, I got him at two. Just you know, a lot of people do. A lot of people, you know, you just said his stats. I mean, it's uh, it's ridiculous. Um, he was. Uh, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. what he did. An unbelievable pitcher and uh, an icon that people just almost like a superhero. Like he wasn't real, but he was. Um, almost like storybook, you know, comical. His stats and what he did, but um, they're real. Like he did them. So. Um, Walter Johnson is just a dominant pitch, pitching, and he's a, he's a literally the original hard hard thrower. And uh, I mean, you know, there's not much else you can say. He's number two on my list. He's number two on your list, and there's a hell of a reason why. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I I always like Walter Johnson. The Big Train, I think, was his nickname, right? Yeah. And, and and longevity again. Yeah, he just pitched and pitched and pitched and pitched every day. Yep. You know, whatever didn't matter. Wind it up and throw it and go yeah. home and go back to work. Literally go to work somewhere else and then come back and. You know, strike out another fifteen guys. Yeah, home. yeah. The 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 pitchers back then were a different breed. It's just not Trent. You can't even compare it to the no. guys that that pitch now. It's it's insane. And that's where my final spot goes. Yeah, why I have him there. Mm-hmm. So number one for me, uh, if you've been paying attention to my top ten, I think it's pretty obvious at this point. But number one for me is Greg Maddox. I think that Greg Maddox, and you're hard pressed to find Greg Maddox out of anyone's top five. He's, I think that's he's just, literally fifth on my list. That's and he could. Yeah, what are you what are you gonna say about I Greg Maddox? I can't see him being lower, but I really don't see him being higher on my list because mm. God, his next guys are just. I agree. Look at him. But the reason, <laughs> my main reason for Greg Maddox, and we talked about him a little bit here, is that, and I've talked about this my entire list, and I'm just gonna beat you guys over the head with it. But he is the embodiment of pitching in any era. His pitching will translate to 2100 just as much as it translates to 1890. His pitching, his style of pitching, will never go. You know, out of style, I think for his era, you know, 350 wins, that's like almost next to impossible anymore. And it's not that long ago that he did it. Fielding wise, like you mentioned before, 10 gold gloves, I believe is what you said, 10 gold gloves. So defense wise, probably one of the best defensive pitchers of all time. That bumps his resume up a little bit. Um, pitching in an era, his dom- his primary pitching years were against some of the best hitters of all time or some of the best hitting stats of all time. So to contribute all that in, I for me personally, I would, if you told me you can only pitch pick one pitcher 
he's got to start you a game. It's Greg Maddox, you know? I mean, like, how do you not... I mean, he threw, like, what, like a complete game with, like, 70-some, like, 79 pitches or, like... I mean, like, you know, if you're like, hey, it's... Say you're playing MLB The Show and you got to pick a guy. It's like, hey, there are nine, nine hitters. It's it's Barry Bonds and Babe Ruth and all these guys. Who do you want to pitch? I'm like, well, Greg Maddox will get it done. You know, yeah. it's it's that style. It's that kind of argument that I make primarily for Greg Maddox. Yeah. That's why he's my number one. Yeah. I mean, I already said my piece on Greg Maddox. He's he's, he's amazing. The, the guy I got number one, and uh, we, we argued about it more before before we got going here, is Cy Young. You know, can you drop him in right now, today's game? Um, I don't know because I didn't watch him or even really you got like two pictures of the guy, what he even looks like. It's tough to say with, with those old guys, yeah. But you can't tell me that you can't drop him about all the way up to the 80s mm. and he wouldn't dominate until, you know, then steroids and velocity really took over. What he threw, I don't know. Mm. You know, Walter Johnson, they said, you know, record-breaking and stuff like that. He might have threw 82 miles per hour. I don't, you know, we don't know. Yeah. Cy Young, 511 wins. He has the most wins, the most losses, the most innings. I think he has the most complete games. He has an, the award named after him. That that's that's pretty impressive. He has won championships and World Series before. You know, he just there's something about him that actually is not not real. Yeah. He almost seems not real. And like I said that about Walter Johnson, and some of these other guys, but he actually is like not real. Like 500. He has more. I think he's he has more losses. I think I think his losses would place him at like the top five of wins all time. Yeah, just his losses. Yeah, he's like three hundred eleven. I think he had like seven hundred and four complete games or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, his longevity is a big thing. You know, he won championships. He just the stories you hear about him don't make sense. Like he pitched eighteen inning complete games and won and won nothing, and he he scored the run. Like these stories are are, are almost like Babe Ruth. They just they don't make sense. And that's why I got him on here as number one is because. He, you know, he just doesn't make sense. Hmm. Like, how could you argue against his stats? He's the best at his stats. And, it, and I mean, look at him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense what he did. Like, it's almost like a superhero. It's like, you think of pitching, pitching you think of Cy Young's. Well, how many Cy Young's does he have? He's mm-hmm. Cy Young. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is Cy Young. Yeah, that's him right there. <laughs> like, he, you know, he, he, I don't know. I. I don't know what I don't know what else you could say about him. I don't know what he would do. I don't know what he did. What would he do? You know, pitch against Babe Ruth. I don't know what he would, what he would do. I don't know what he'd do if he pitched against Ken Griffey. I don't know. But what I do know is whoever the hell he was pitching against, he they didn't like him. Yeah. Because he, he was just going to beat you. Yeah. He was going to pitch all day, you know, uh, and every day. He's just uh, mystified, a superhero. Um, and obviously his impact on the game. He is the first superstar. And if it wasn't for, you know, Babe Ruth, uh, I mean, I, he'd be right there with him. Sure. But Babe Ruth obviously was so much bigger than everybody. He just made him, you know, covered him up there for a reason. But he's part of the first Hall of Fame. I mean, you can go on and on with Cy Young. It's 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 Cy Young. You know, your sayings about Cy Young, you know. You're making this guy look like Cy Young. That's where the saying comes from. That young man. Yeah. So, <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, we... Um... I can see why you put him down there. We argued about it before. I can see why you... We're not really argued, but, you know, debated. I can see why you put him down there. But it's Cy Young. Like, I feel like that's actually an honest, like... Yeah, argument, yeah. yeah. Like, why'd you put him there? It's Cy Young. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair right. point. That is Cy Young, yes. Yeah. So, I'm just going to kind of end it, end with him in, the, in that sack. It's Cy Young. Mm. So, and I'm taking him. I don't know what he looked like. I don't know what he pitched like. I don't <laughs> even know if he, you know, winded up throwing underhand, throwing his glove. I don't know what he was doing. You're telling me I got a chance to win a game and I got Cy Young on the mound? Mm. I, I feel pretty confident and I feel pretty safe he's going... 
you know, 15 innings. I'm just going to say this before we get into, I'm going to get into my honorable mentions for my relievers. If you guys already haven't figured out, it's going to be a little longer episode. Um, but that's what you get. Relievers, I think, will go a little quicker because... Sure. Um, well, I, I think there's just generally, among all baseball fans, I think there's a general agreement about number one. Yeah. And I think that after that, it's pretty standard yeah. stuff. We'll roll through relievers a little quicker. Our starters, we really liked. It was a really hard list to do, so we really wanted mm. to get into it more. Yeah. But the last word I want to say on, on, on Cy Young is that he got his nickname, Cy. He was nicknamed after a cyclone because when he threw the ball and he hit a fence, they said it looked like a cyclone went through because he would like knock the fence over. And that's just the last piece I'm going to say on, on Cy Young and his legacy. I believe he was traded for a suit back in the day, too, <laughs> just to let you guys know that. He was traded for like a suit, like a dress suit. Cy Young was traded. 511 wins was traded for, hey, that's nice tux right there. I'll take it. Yeah. Cy Young. Yeah. Golly. I, God, he's a superhero. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, let's move on. Yeah. I can't keep talking about Cy Young. <laughs> well, I could, but I don't want to. <laughs> um, all right. So that's our starting pitching list. And I think that that's a hard list for me personally to make. I'm sure it's a harder list um, yeah. for, uh, you know, um, for yeah. baseball and fans around. why we kind of wanted to spend a little more time on than relievers. Yeah. Um, also, relievers are a little bit more new age. Yeah, there is, there's a lot more newer or like uh, a lot of people that would listen to this could have either watched them pitch or know them very well. Their dad watched them pitch or whatever, yeah. you know. So, so I'm just going to – I only have five honorable mentions for my relievers. And they are Jonathan Papelbon. Uh, no particular order, by the way. This isn't like 11 through 15 or anything. Yeah. But um, Jonathan Papelbon, John Franco, Rob Nen, Craig Kimbrell, and Dan Quisenberry are my honorable mentions for my reliever list. Yeah. I mean, that sounds good to me. I mean, some of my honorable mentions are K-Rod, mm-hmm. Joe Nathan, Mike Marshall, was kind of one of the originator of the relievers, mm-hmm. the dominant relievers. Um, Hoyt Wilhelm, mm-hmm. Sparky Lyle. Eric Gagne, him didn't put on my list longevity, but I mean, what he did for those couple of years with the steroids were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kent Takuvle or Takuvle. Uh, Takuvle? Is it LVE? Takuvle? Yeah, Something like that. In that, you know, with the pirates and then the conductor hats and the sidearm splitter, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Those are some guys I wanted to mention that aren't quite on my top 10, but could could have been on the bottom there, but um, really good pitchers I just wanted to mention there. Sure. Um, and like I said, I, I think that if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure our top five is exactly the same, just different order. I think, or no, uh, I think it, they're it's it's, it's yeah. pretty damn close. It I'm gonna say one that. Guy off, but yeah, it's it's, right it's, there. it's pretty damn close. So, so my number ten to start off is one of your honorable mentions is Joe Nathan. I think that when you analyze a reliever list, I'll just make this quick too, because there's, I, I mean, Joe Nathan's pretty fresh in everyone's heads. Joe Nathan. You know, you look at the save amount, uh, longevity, um, dominance for his era, stuff like that. Joe Nathan really was really good. And, you know, there is a bit of a separation in this reliever list of the really goods and then the best. But I think Joe Nathan, if you told me that Joe Nathan's going to try and save you a game, that's going to be fine with me. And like I said, if you really digest the stats as war, win-loss, uh, strikeouts and and saves and stuff like that. Uh, Joe Nathan does stack up a lot with the, with a lot of these guys. So uh, number ten for me is is Joe Nathan. Yeah, and I had a mention. I mean, again, not the greatest longevity. That's kind of what held him back on mine, but dominant yeah. for sure. Uh, number ten on my list is um, a legend in the reliever circuit, and that's Bruce Suter. You know, one of the early on relievers who really made a name for himself as a reliever, and um, just just he was great. You know, obviously, you know, maybe saves numbers aren't there. But um, 
the amount of innings he could, could go out there and dominate and, uh, you know, what he could do just impacted a lot of games. And he was just, he was, he was fantastic at, um, at what he did. Mm-hmm. He knew what he did best. He, he did it best. Yeah. My number nine is Bruce Suter. So I got him just a, just a, sh- a step higher, but Bruce Suter, you know, is, I'm pretty sure he's, he's high up the, the saves list, even though the saves list, uh, you know, the top two guys, and then it kind of bellies a little bit and there's, it's there's change a lot. Yeah. The saves, you know, are, are change, you know, kind of growing. That's yeah. Why you can't really use saves for these older guys, but. Yeah, that's yeah. You can't sit here and say, "Oh, Bruce Suter's." I don't know. Let's just fifteenth. Yeah, say he's on the on the saves list. It's yeah. like, well, that's gonna he'll drop down even further as time goes on. I'm sure, but um, for his time, really uh, well respected, um, pretty intimidating. He was one of, you know one of the guys that you know when he came out, it was like, uh oh, you know. Uh, and there's two other guys I want to get into after this uh, up my list that were like that too around that same time that it was like, oh, here he comes and he's going to get nine outs and win saves back then. A lot of the guys got nine outs and he was one of the guys you didn't want to see come out of the bullpen, no, you know, never. straight up. Yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah, he's like I said, just one, one spot above for me. He's number nine. Yeah. Number nine on my list. Um, you mentioned, um, and that's uh, Dan Quisenberry. Great name. Yeah. He doesn't get as much credit. As I don't think people really give him. Never mm-hmm. forget, you know, the images of him in the, in the blue, baby blue Royals. But he was like a kind of like a like a, a slinging you know he used to sling the ball kind of like a sidearm underhand uh, weird kind of pitcher and he was just good yeah uh, long lanky guy yeah. well I guess he wasn't really that tall I don't think well, I'm not sure about I don't his remember uh, now I, but he I, was like a skinny kind of I know what you're saying with yeah the yeah the ball in there and just really was a big part of them Royals teams when the when they were facing the Yankees there big big part because he came out of, you know he came in the game it, it was like something you really haven't seen much. You know, kind of like uh, uh, Takuve, you mm. know, with the sidearm and the splitter. It was something you didn't really see much then. Mm. Uh, it was like a specialist who could throw three innings. So, Quisenberry, yeah. what I put on there, um, just really pushed forward the game and, and how you could throw the ball and stuff like that. That's what I was just going to say. Revolutionized maybe even the reliever position because uh, a lot of these guys, and like I mentioned with Bruce Suter, it's back then when, when the relievers didn't really, the closers was new. It was kind of new age. They didn't really know um, what to do with them, you know, were they still important to a team? Were they still the guys that you didn't really, you know, because relievers really were the, like, the... Leftovers. The, yeah, they were they were the guys that couldn't be starters. So it, this is when you start seeing the, you know, these guys really become important. So Dan uh, Quisenberry fits, fits right into that and yeah. revolutionizing the position. And number eight for me, moving up the list a little bit, I have K-Rod, who, you know, I, I didn't even have him on my list. I didn't even have him. I had him as an honorable mention. But then as I started to look at his stats and, and go year by year and, and then think back about, when I watched him, you know, when he was really, really dominant in those years, his stats are pretty damn good. Oh, yes, and yes. and his his ERA specifically jumped out to me because, you know, you think about his last two or three years, he was kind of like, you know, he's getting older. You kind of throw him out there. He had like a five ERA or whatever. So that's your lasting impact. He ended up with saves, but he would just always have a high ERA. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But for his career, he does have a sub, uh, you know, I th- believe he has a sub 2.9 ERA, some in the 2.8 area. And for a reliever, that's um, that's different from being a, you know, a starter. Obviously, you want, uh, you would love to have an ERA like that. But for a reliever, it's 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 harder because you come in for that, especially, you know, in this era, you come in for one inning. Say you get the save, but you give up one run, you got a 9 ERA. Right, bang, just for that one game. So it's it's tough. And, and like I said, when you look at K-Rod's stats, uh, he even surprised me. I, like I said, I wasn't going to have him really anywhere near my list, but after looking at it and thinking back on him and and the amount of saves he had, I believe with the well, single season record. Yeah, so I mean, it's just it became hard to keep him off my list. And although I don't have him 
quite as high as as a lot of people maybe would even have him. But uh, I think he does. He has earned his spot. Who knows? Maybe in five years he's not even on the list. That's where we're going with relievers at this point. So, yeah. but for now, uh, number eight is where I got K Rod. Yeah, K Rod honorable mention for me, and I uh, kind of you know always like kind of K Rod and always kind of kept up with his career because I always thought he could he'd be one of those guys who could chase chase a record. But you know, obviously some other things happened. But um, number eight in my list, and I think he's on just about everybody's list is John Franco, mm. uh, another Met from you know a lot of his career. Very good pitcher, very 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 good pitcher, and. Uh, he went through the steroid era too, I believe, in some of his career. But um, pretty sure, yeah. He was he was a very good reliever. Just always got saves. Always was consistent. And always just he knew what you were getting, mm. and he was just going to deliver every year, year in and year out. And uh, he just uh, he had that big, you know, junk ball that was screwball he had, or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, um, very good pitcher, um, and was a big reason why the Mets were good there for those what nineties when he was there, because mm-hmm. um, he would come out and boom, game was pretty much over. Mm. So I had John Franco as number eight in my list. Yeah, I'll I'll just put it this way: if I if you made a top eleven list for me, he's number eleven. Sure. I mean he's he's I mean just barely didn't crack the list. And you know, I, like you said, I mean he's just big for the Mets, um, big for that era. It helps that he was kind of transitioning to a little bit newer age than Dan Quisenberry and 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 Goose Gossage and these guys that Bruce Souter, you know that that era. But he was also transitioning to an era where you have Eric Gagne and K-Rod and Joe Nathan. And the real one-inning guys. Yeah. And the specialist guy. Yeah, so he's kind of like in between that. He helped move the position even closer to what we got now and what it probably will. I mean, God knows what it'll become in 20 years, but it's what it is now and what it probably will be. But uh, number seven for me is Billy Wagner, which, I mean... Billy the Kid. I mean, unreal, uh, unreal lefty. Uh, I can't remember, uh, you know, the exact... He, he was a guy that I didn't have to look at his stats. It was kind of like I just knew Billy Wagner where he's going. So uh, forgive me if I don't... I, I can't cite his exact stats. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's pretty high on the saves list. Um, I know for a fact uh, that he was pretty good high on the strikeouts uh, for relievers. You know, that's... Strikeouts that's, per nine. Yeah, like all that. those stats were, were pretty high. And he did have a good war, if I remember correctly, too, which, which um, is becoming a commonplace stat in in the discussions for these lists. So yeah, Billy Wagner, I mean, uh, he's a guy that I think just about with the exception of one more guy rounds out my more modern relievers. Um, the guys that, uh, uh, you know, that we grew up watching and, and a lot of listeners probably grew up watching and remember fondly. So, um, I think he just about embodies, like I said, with the exception of one fellow, the, that modern reliever that we've kind of started finally, you know, everyone's got that one inning dominant guy, or at least you would like to have, you know, and I think Billy Wagner embodies that one inning dominance. Yeah. yeah. You know? um, he's one of the first pitchers I ever remember throwing a hundred miles per hour and just, and just whipping the ball in there. A small guy too. Yeah. Great pitcher. I picked up kind of from Franco. Mm-hmm. The Mets kind of left off and then you had Billy Wagner who kind of filled the role. Um, pitched great with the Astros. Um, he's on the Hall of Fame ballot. Hopefully he gets in the Hall of Fame because I think he deserves it. Sure. Because um, you always want a Billy Wagner in your bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the story with him goes, too, he was a right-handed pitcher, broke his right arm, and then became a left-handed pitcher and was throwing 100 miles per hour. Jesus. I believe that's the story with Billy Wagner. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, you know, I'm almost positive to go back and look at look it up, but I believe that's the story with him. Um, but just a great pitcher, and um, I'm going to get into him very shortly here. But my number seven on my list is Lee Smith. Uh, Lee Smith was a big guy. 
Mm-hmm. He was a big guy. He, he he was a presence on the mound. Sure was. Um, and intimidating, threw hard, splitter, for, forkball, I think it was, or something. Uh, I don't yeah. Know, he called, yeah, there was something. But he, he was really good. I mean, he was he is some dominant bullpen. I mean, he might have some of the best reliever years you've ever seen, mm-hmm. will ever see. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he was great and with the Cubs and, and the Cardinals, and the Orioles, the Red uh, Sox. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he pitched a long time, mm-hmm. a lot of games, and and he was really good. Um, and he really um, was a detail or or, or visionary of a, a, a reliever. Yeah, you think of a reliever, you think you kind of think Lee Smith. Yeah, Lee Smith always comes to mind. He's yeah, got too to hard, you know. Got out there, intimidating. This is what I do. I throw my fastball. I throw my fastball. I throw my fastball. Here's one splitter. Here's my fastball. Fast. You know, that's what he did, and that's what mm-hmm. relievers do. And he kind of embodied that. And you were like, okay, let me go find some Lee Smiths. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what you did, and that's why I have him um, number seven on my list, and also up to saves list still as well on his career. Yeah, that's a uh, you know I have him number six, so he just goes right into uh, into my guy for number six, but, um, yeah, just, I, I believe he's top four, top five, maybe even top three in saves. I can't remember the exact saves list in my head right now, but he's up there 400 some odd saves kind of similar to who I will talk about in, in number five, the similar era of the three, the three inning save guy. And like you said, you, you know, it's a seventh inning, say you're, you know, you're down by two runs and Lee Smith's coming in the game. It's like, well, got three innings to try to figure this guy out. You know that's 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 a tall order. You know, he back hard. Sure did. And he's big. Come down that mound a long ways. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, Lee Smith for me number six. Just just that shade above Billy Wagner. And I know, <laughs> I remember who who you got for number six now. Yeah. Um, and my number six. Um. No, we haven't talked about him yet, right? No. Uh, that was Billy Wagner. Yeah. Yeah. He's just one of the, one of the few guys that I remember as a kid. Who just really really hard. Mets fans really liked, and base, people around baseball really liked, but never really. Give him as much credit. I think he's finally starting to get some credit. That's why I think he's starting to get on some Hall of Fame ballots. Uh, but he was one of the first people I remember throwing really, really hard. Um, up there with uh, Randy Johnson, of course. But uh, Joel Zamaya, people remember. Mm-hmm. 100 miles per hour. Oh, yeah. So, but uh, Billy Wagner is six on my list. And we don't got to go into him much. But great, great pitcher. And I love that Billy Wagner on my team. Yeah. It's funny how I had Billy Wagner seven, Lee Smith sixth and then you just had it flipped this is like how close this reliever list really is for for a lot of people but still starting with my top five um a number five guy is goose gossage who is just oh my god talk about intimidating and talk about uh, yeah he was yeah he's still nuts so (laughs) um (laughs) imagine that uh, same thing like i said with lee smith it's like i said it's the same era where you have that three inning reliever you got this guy throwing i'm pretty sure he threw 100 uh, a legendary. He, he would wind all the way back. And, oh yeah, he would. And, and whip it around, arm around. He'd fly his little body around. Yeah, big he, mustache. And, he brought that fastball from the down from the clouds. Yeah. He brought that thing up. And you know, slider would come from from behind you. And, oh. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, you're hard pressed to find a top five reliever list without Goose Gossage because I think that Goose Gossage, out of those old guys, probably revolutionized the reliever coming in and giving it all you got you know, for that time that you're out there. Yeah. I think he, he really spearheaded that revolution yeah, of, of relievers. Pitches. Yeah. That's all, all he needed. Yeah. You got the fastball on the slider. Good luck. That's what he did. And a lot of times, you know, you saw those legendary bouts with George Brett of the Royals. It was like, here's my fastball. Good luck. Yeah. It's a hundred miles an hour. It may even come right down the pipe. Good luck. Hit yeah. it. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. He was, um, I mean, I have him on my list. Um, he's right here. On my list <laughs> in the top five. So, mm. um, I think the story, 
that resonates with me with him is, I believe, a game against uh, the Orioles. Uh, he was on the mound, and he was winding up, doing his big wind-up, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lights went out, and Eddie Murray's at the plate. And these two guys were intimidating. I think it was Lou Pinella and I, I can't I think I can't think who it is, but it, two infielders. I, th- I think Lou Pinella. Uh, Craig Nettles. <laughs> it might have been Lou Pinella was told the story, but uh, anyway, uh, they they were ducking. They were on the ground with mm-hmm. their hands over their heads because you know got Eddie Murray's plate. Mm-hmm. And you could goose goose mouth throwing hundred miles per hour, not knowing where it's going. And the lights came back on. And they looked up. There was goose goose standing on the mound with the ball. And Eddie Murray was still in the batter's box, never moved, never came out of his batting stance. And this is mm. a guy who threw 100 miles per hour, had no clue where it was going. So I thought that was just, you know, it was it was a it was a funny story. I had you know Goose Gossage in it, uh, really told more about Eddie Murray, but mm. um, Goose Gossage was involved and just kind of showed that he was crazy. And the infielders were like, I'm not getting involved in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Goose Gossage is crazy, electric, 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 big part of the Yankees, and mm. um, again changed the reliever role f- forever. Yeah, sure. So, um, and still. Throws his two words, two cents in. Oh, always. To this, to this always. Age. But um, <laughs> my number five is um, a guy that we watched uh, extensively, and that's uh, Trevor Hoffman. Mm. A guy that doesn't excite you. You see his name, it doesn't excite you. Mm-hmm. But you know what he did. Yeah. A lot of saves. Again, postseason success, not quite there. Padres, of course, not quite have much of a chance. Great pitcher. He pitched with whatever he had. Change up, he was big. You know, he didn't throw hard. But again, accuracy and, and, and being good at the mound and fielding position and knowing the game uh, got him the second most saves and at one time the most saves, um, 602, I believe. So um, great pitcher. I got, him at, I got him at five just because he didn't have that electric jump off the page, you know, when you see him, even though he's one of the greatest relievers uh, and second all-time in status. He just didn't, like Trevor Hoffman, you're just never like, yeah, you know, really excite you, mm. like we mentioned before. So Yeah, I, uh, I'll get to him in just a sec more, but... If you look up in the dictionary, Bugs Bunny changeup, that's what he had. I mean, his changeup is legendary. Um, Windup was, you know, kind of, people always remembered it was because it was a little different, even though it was kind of simple, but it was a little different. Leg kick was kind of extended a little bit, kind of slow at first, and then kind of boom, mm-hmm. right yeah. there. You always, you always, you could pick out his, like if you shadowed out, you know, someone's, someone throwing the ball, you could always pick him he out. He was intimidating on the mound. Not much of a smile, just kind of. You know, lunch pail kind of guy showed up. Mm-hmm. Here's you know, boom, boom, three outs, it's gone. Yeah, you, you didn't want to hear uh, if you were the opposing team, you didn't want to hear hell's bells and then have him come out. Let's oh. be honest, you know. So yeah, that's I mean, like he said, or like I've been saying, the top five is is pretty self-explanatory with these next guys we'll talk about. But I'll, like I said, I'll get to him in a sec. Number four for me is Raleigh Fingers. Um, Raleigh Fingers is uh, legendary for. You know, for quite a few reasons, not only his mustache and his and his personality. He's got a great personality. Still, uh, is big around the game. Always does the softball game. I'm pretty sure in the 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 celebrity softball game before the All Star game. Uh, Raleigh Fingers. I mean, regardless of all that, you look at him and and you love the mustache and the personality and everything. But man, was he man was he a good pitcher? I mean, he was. Um, I mean, he was talk about dominant and talk about a guy that that kind of filled innings and filled roles that you. He always struck me as a guy with kind of a rubber arm. You know, he kind of like, there's another guy uh, that that we'll both get to in a sec. But he, you know, I'm th- pretty sure he had a, a pretty devastating uh, forkball, fastball combination, you know, kind of off-speed fastball combination. And, I mean, the guy just, for me, always reminds me of like the lead up to like a Dennis Eckersley. You 
don't have some of these guys without Raleigh fingers, if that makes any sense. And not so much that, you know, the goose sausages and the Lee Smiths of the world that, that took that position and, and took it and made it modern. I think that Raleigh fingers on the mound and his stuff, I think was an inspiration and not so much an inspiration, but a, the blueprints for a lot of these guys sure. is, is, is the way, the best way I can put it. If that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get into the Raleigh fingers too much because he's on my list here mm. in, in a short bit. So I'll get into him then. Um, but just iconic. Mm. I'm going to leave it at that for, for this short, short period here. Cause I'm going to get to him in, in a second here. Mm. But um, number four on my list, we just talked about was goose gossage. I'm not going to go into it again. Um, electric iconic and um, you know, built the foundation of relievers. And sure. If you can find yourself a goose gossage to this day, you're in, and you're in great shape. Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. Um, that's, that's my number four on my mm. list. I mean, like I said, we already, already kind of talked about him, so. Yeah, he's nuts. I, I love Goose Goss. How do you not love Goose Even Even though he's not a big fan of all the modern. Uh, some of his stuff he says and the way he says it is. Um... Yeah, I, I can always kind of pick out his intention, like, even okay, though he Grandpa. says it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Sometimes says it. he says it crazy, and I agree with some of the stuff, but he just says it a little too, like, harsh. And Yeah, he is an old, he's an old school guy. Yeah. You know, so. put it that way. So to move on, a guy that you uh, have on your list already, for me, I just put him just a bump a little higher, is Trevor Hoffman. Uh, number three, you know, to go back to my starting pitching argument, uh, Trevor Hoffman, you know, pitching how, you know, he wasn't obviously the most dominant. We'll get to the most dominant in, in just a sec here for that, for that era. But, you, you know, with the amount of saves he had, the longevity, the stuff, you know, the, the legendary change up and... Um, that intimidation factor coming out of the bullpen with the Hell's Bells and everything like that, I think he kind of encapsulates all of the things that a reliever should encapsulate. You know, he's got the dominant one pitch. He's got the out pitch. He's got the intimidation with, with the entrance and, and you know, the the save amount. Obviously, you can't ignore he's number two, um, which who knows? God knows how the list will change over time. But for now, you can't ignore it. And I think that Trevor Hoffman, go, going back to my starting pitcher argument, could put him in, in the 70s, could put him in the 80s with the other relievers, and, and Trevor Hoffman would be one of the best uh, in any you know in any context. So that's kind of why I have him top three for me. He's sure. my seventh inning guy, I guess. You know? sure. Yeah, <laughs> so um, my number three, uh, we haven't mentioned yet, um, surprisingly, and that's uh, Dennis Eckersley. What the heck? <laughs> um, he was, like Goose Gossage, kind of similar wind-up, really. Kind of winged the ball in there. Yeah. A mm-hmm. guy who, early in his career with the Indies, he's doing no hitter. You know, a relief pitcher, one of the best relief pitchers all the time, doing no hitter. Yeah. So, you know, really, people don't really talk about that much, but great, great, great reliever. Um, and people really give him his credit, really, I guess, or remember most from giving up the home run to Gibson, mm-hmm. which is really weird because he was dominant. He won a bunch of World Series with the A's and, and threw a no hitter. I mean, he was, he was just great. You know, he didn't really throw that hard. But he could spot it. He knew when to throw his fastball. He had to, he had the slider. He you know he was similar to 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 Goose Gossage. He had a little bit more of a leg kick, kind of like you know hurt his leg and kind of lowered his head and then kind of a little bit of a sidearm three quarters delivery. Yeah. But um, good, very, very, very good. Nine outs, ten outs, twelve outs. Who you know who doesn't doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, consistent and just intimidating. Mm-hmm. Really, these things when you see these guys, you can see like an outline of them. Mm. Or like a like a you know the hair and the mustache you you know exactly who they are yeah They're iconic to the game mm-hmm. and he's still in the game and, and he uh, does a great job uh, mm-hmm. with the you know with the game and broadcasting the game but and he was playing man and intimidating just mean you know had that Randy Johnson mean you know look on his face and he was just um, fantastic and I got a number three here 
and he could easily be, you could probably really fight him for number one, but, uh, or two, but I got him three here, and he's, he's fantastic, and I love Dennis Huckersley, and he just, uh, he fit the A's, you know, he really felt, felt like those, those, when he had the yellow and the, and the lime green, he, he just kind of felt like that was him, so, and it's a shame that he kind of gets remembered for Kirk Gibson's home run, but, yeah, he was, the best. he's probably, you know, one of the best, one of the best relievers, and, you know, he's one of the most memorable. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I got him at number two, so I just got him just the one spot above, I got him right under uh, the pretty obvious pick at this point. But yeah, like you, you know, I'm pretty sure he was there for the three Pete with Oakland in the in the um, late seventies, early eighties. I'm pretty sure he was there or at least for one of them, you know, like you said, the, the gold and the, and the lime green and that, and that kind of side, almost sidewinder type delivery that he had and, and the movement on his ball. And, and he wasn't going to blow up by you like goose gossage, but he was going to pick you apart, you know, in the at bat. And the, the, the fist pump that after people you out. people hated that batters really didn't like that and uh, I think that he drew a lot of ire from from a lot of batters because he he wasn't I've seen interviews with him he said he wasn't doing it to like yeah I got you he was doing it as like a like he was pumped up like he just struck out you know he struck you out for his team he was close to getting a win so he didn't do it more as like a Randy Johnson like like fuck you like it was kind of <laughs> like a you know it was it was a it was like he was just that pumped up. He was that like that on the mound, but people took it like that. But yeah, the Kirk Gibson moment. What I think makes that Kirk Gibson moment for me, and maybe not a lot of people think this way, but not only did he do it with a broken limb, but he hit it off Dennis Eckersley. He hit it off for me, the second best closer of all time. In, so, in his prime. In yeah, in, in 1988, which is yeah, like you said, that's his prime. So that for that moment, you know, even though it is a, to the detriment of Dennis Eckersley, it just makes that moment bigger in baseball is that this guy is shut down in 90, 99% of the time that he goes out there, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, that's who I got. Number two. Yeah. Who I got number two, who we just mentioned is Raleigh fingers. Um, there's something about lefties. He always said weird, you know, lefties were weird mm. in baseball. They're just weird people. Mm. Relievers are weird. There's something about them. They all got mustaches. They're all crazy. You know, Brian Wilson, the big beard, but back then, you all had mustaches. Goose sausage, the handlebars all the way down. You know, you had uh, Eckersley with the crazy mustache, you know. And mm-hmm. Raleigh Fingers with the twirled mustache. Uh, um, the classy, you know, boxer with his fists out kind of kind of mustache. But he was fantastic. And his image is, is lasting forever. His image will be in baseball forever. Because that mustache is just, it, it's iconic forever. No one will ever really repeat it. It will never ever get repeated in baseball and have that much impact. His mustache, I think, has could have. You could argue his mustache has more impact and more memorable <laughs> than the pitcher himself. Yeah. That's the craziest thing. Raleigh Fingers, I loved. Got his autograph. He's fantastic. I'm looking up a picture of him right now. I just uh, got to look at it. I it's love fantastic. It. It's perfect. It's a perfect <laughs> mustache, you know. And, and he's just a great pitcher. He really was a three inning guy. I think he won an MVP or yeah. Cy Young at, at like 40 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, fantastic pitcher with the A's, of course, and then with the Brewers. Lovable guy, still lovable. I watch him in the celebrity softball game every year. Um, hit the home runs, and everyone loves him. He still has the mustache. It's just something about him. You gotta love him. And he could easily be like four or five, yeah, but I got him at two just because his impact and how iconic he is almost trumps his how good he was. And, yeah. and that's what's crazy. You know, you always remember him. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. Everyone knows, maybe not knows exactly who he is, but he knows the mustache. You go, hey, that guy had it for baseball, right? Fingers, Raleigh Fingers, yeah. Yeah. And a great name. Yeah. Raleigh Fingers. I mean, he's just always an old school boxer. I don't know. I love Raleigh Fingers. And yeah. Fantastic pitcher and fantastic mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so. Dominant guy. Um, yeah. I mean, without further ado, number one is Al, Al Roboski for the Mad Hungarian. 
No, no, <laughs> not him. I love that guy. So I, he's him. nuts. I love, I love him. No, number one, obvious. Uh, I think I really do think it should be everyone's list that this guy's number one. Uh, Mariano Rivera, um, the best closer of all time. Uh, the only unanimous Hall of Famer, which obviously is controversial, but it is what it is. Saves leader, one pitch. That's all you need is that cutter. Start I believe. What's it? Yeah. And kind of a fail, no failed starter at that. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, and I believe that the stat is that, that more men have been on the moon than Mario Navarro has given up runs in the postseason. So it's not even just the, the dominance like Trevor Hoffman, like the dominance in the regular season, but maybe didn't translate or Greg Maddox from my starting list, maybe didn't translate to postseason. but boy, oh boy, did it translate for Mario Navarro to the postseason. Obviously there's, there's the famous hiccups with the Oh four to the Red Sox. And obviously game seven, of the 01 World Series, there's the famous, yeah. you know. And that's the thing with that. It's like when he messed up, it's like some of the most memorable games of baseball I've ever seen. Because it's Mario Rivera and giving Yankees. up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That obviously contributes to it. But, you know, it, this guy, you only can think of maybe those two and then a few more minor blemishes in his postseason career. But, boy, I mean, he was he's unhittable. He was unhittable for his time and more comparable to – the Billy Wagner's and the and the, the more modern relievers on these lists, um, he did it in an era where you did have some of the best hitting, and and that cutter, he you knew it was coming, and you could you were still going to break your bat yeah. over it. it yeah. It's 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 insane. Yeah, Mariano Rivera is insane. Yeah, I got Mo as, as my number one here. Consistency, longevity. I don't really know how many times he led the league in saves. I don't think he really did that many times. No, he it was just a longevity in the in the career. I mean, did, did he being on a, a great teams help? Sure. Did he make that team great? Yes. Did he make that team World Series? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did he make that team go round? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was he ever in, you know, in trouble? Did he? He found himself out of the media. He was a likable guy, and iconic. The Sandman, you know, he, quite iconic. Mm-hmm. That All Star game with the at City Field, you know, when they they let him go out there by himself. You know, the images of Pettit and Jeter coming out and taking him out of the game. I mean, they're iconic moments. Mm. Um, the greatest closer. Um, now, unanimous Hall of Famer, I, I don't think so. Mm. He is just a closer. He came out and pitched one inning, and, and, you know, his impact on the first eight innings, you know, you might not even use him. So, unanimous, I don't think. Also, with guys like Babe Ruth and Ken Griffey and, and Randy Johnson and Nolan Ryan, guys like that, how they're not unanimous Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. I, I find it hard you can make him a unanimous Hall of Famer. Yeah. But the, the way I like to put it is to tie this all together. Cy Young won 511 games. Mariano Rivera closed, what, 652? Something like that, yeah. 80-something wins. Mm -hmm. When he was on the field, when he entered a game, his team won more times than any other person's team Mm -hmm. when they entered a game. Because Cy Young had, what, impacted 511 games with a win. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he impacted no decisions and stuff like that. But with wins, he technically impacted 511 with wins. So his team won when he pitched 511 times. Most team won about 720 times. Mm-hmm. When he touched the field, that I find, which no one really thinks about, quite impressive. Yeah, that he that when he touched the field, he won, was a part of 720 wins. That he actually has a, a stat to credit, not no decisions and stuff like that. That he has a stat to credit it. That, that's the thing is you can literally say, and he's the closer, so it's not even so much. I mean, obviously Cy Young basically just complete games and would do the whole game, but Mo literally secured that win for the team. You yeah. know. So that's what I'm saying. When he touched the field, you could see it in his stats. That's how many times he, you know, actually won a game or, or contributed and finished a game off. When their their team won when he was on the field that many times that he actually got credit for. Mm. So I think 511, Mo like 730. That's crazy. Yeah. 
that that's uh, something I always thought was crazy. And the fact that he was like, he's like, what's he like fifth in the all time Yankees wins list? Something like that. Yeah. Like 86 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fantastic pitcher. Broken bats is a specialty and, and the cutter is uh, iconic. Uh, except Edgar Martinez, the only guy who could hit it all the time, but just, he, he was fantastic and, and iconic and the, the delivery, the motion, the cutter, the Sandman, uh, just, just, uh, um, I don't know if he changed baseball because the reliever role was already there, but you're always going to look for that Mo and you're, he's like one of that position, one of them guys you're never going to find once in a generation. Mm. It might take 50 years before you see another guy like Mo. Yeah. And you might never get another guy like Mo. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what puts him at number one. Yeah. Same here. He, he's like, you know, you have the whole list and there is quite a jump between one and two or, you know, the rest of the list is Mo's like kind of up there. You know, he's, he's in a class of his own. Yeah. You know, so that's I, like I said, kind of alluding to the whole list as you know, as a whole. I think he's pretty much a foregone conclusion for a lot of baseball fans, at least right now. You know, you never know where we're at in 10, 15, 20 years, but that's where we're at right now. He's he's the guy. Yeah, he's it. Yeah. You and know? and I, I, I can't argue that. The only thing I can argue with him is 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 the unanimous thing. I don't really, mm. I didn't really like that. Mm. And, and I understood it to an aspect, but I just didn't like the unanimous. It just didn't. Ugh. I think the unanimous speaks more to the fact that he's the best at his position. And it's probably one of the few times that you got to vote knowing that, if yeah. that makes any sense. And he locked that position. Yeah. If that position was ever not like, Hey, is the reliever ever going to go away? Like, is the closer really make that big? He locked it in. Like that's, we need them. Yeah. You know? I agree. That, that's pretty much it. with our lists. You know, it's been kind of a while here in this episode. You know, I think as the other ones go, we'll have an understanding on how to glide through them a little easier. But mm-hmm. to no, go plus, along, I mean, we, you know, we we're off a week and it's, a, you know, this is your only episode for two weeks. So make it a little longer. Can't yeah. hurt, you know. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's hard when you get, you know, star pictures. There's a million thousand of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Some of the other lists are probably going to be a little easier, I yeah. would think. So, but to go along with uh, this, we have our trivia question. It's back. And that is who's got the most games pitched in MLB history, who entered the game the most times in MLB history as a pitcher? I got close, but I couldn't um, get it. Yeah, and, and it's kind of surprising for most people, I think. And that's Jesse Orozco, who pitched forever. I believe his rookie year was 79, and he finished in 2003, I believe. Something like that. And he was 46 years old. He was still pitching. He pitched for the Yankees and some other teams. Um, he had 1,252 games pitched. Christ that's, almighty. Uh, you say 162-game season. I mean, that's... What is that? It's like nine. Uh, God, yeah. Like nine full seasons. Nine season seasons where you came in and pitched every day. Like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and he really had a pretty good career. I think he had like a three point one, three point two career ERA as a reliever. So, but yeah, he holds the record for the most career games pitched in MLB history. It's Jesse Orozco with twelve hundred fifty two games pitched. Yeah, it's surprising. I I didn't even. I mean, when you said it, obviously it made sense. But I just he just didn't cross my radar when I thought about. The guys, I got closest with Mike Stanton. That was my closest guess, but yeah, that's uh, 1,252. I mean, can you imagine his arms? I hope his arms okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of games. Mm-hmm. That's say. like nine straight seasons. I just here I am, here I yeah. am, here I am every mm-hmm. day. Yeah, and then think. He still was 46. Yeah, that's impressive in his own. Think about all that time playing every day like that, and Cal Ripken did it what like 1,500 more times straight you know just to go on a tangent with that because that's just what, what it made me remind me of is Cal Ripken streak but yeah. but yeah imagine being a reliever and coming in every day for even just an inning and just oh god yeah so the poor man yeah well that's a trivia question <laughs> it's a good um, one 
and that's our first uh, episode of our top players all time. Um, next week is uh, first base catchers and DH. Yeah. So it is three, so we'll have to try uh, cruising along a little well, bit. Well, DH will be quick. I think yeah. DH we both kind of... Uh, I think catcher, you got a lot of names are kind of catching will be on there already. You just kind of got to place them. Yeah, I think... Well, I think all three positions, I have like my top three. First base is deep. Mm-hmm. Catching, I think you kind of know your guys. DH is going to be kind of pretty quick because it's more of a new position. Mm. Um, first base is so deep and so dominant. It's going to be tough, but I think we'll be we'll be in the same spot, I think. Mm. But yep. um, that's our next you know episode, and that'll be in, what, two weeks? Yep, it'll be in two weeks. So, But yeah, I'm excited to continue going with this because it's great just to, to see the names, hear the names, talk about them and the history, and we'll try to have a trivia question that kind of goes along with it. Mm. Um, and it's just great to kind of continue to talk baseball and, and talk about the, the, the history of it. Cause it's, I think baseball is almost more about the history than it is, is of the current. Mm. Like I said, uh, weeks ago, it's, you, you always talk baseball 10 years ago. You never really, it almost seems like you never talked now baseball. It's yeah. Like, well, 10 years ago, you're always talking in the past of baseball. Mm. So in three years from now, we'll be talking about this. And then three years later, you'll be talking about, you know what I mean? You're always yeah. like five years behind or so. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always think of baseball. It's always, it's so much more about the history than it almost is about the, the, what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, think of some other sports. I mean, think about, you know, what this list could look like if it was like a sport like football, if you were trying to make a best running back list, it's just changing. Like every five years, there's just a new list or, or like a new, you know, at least bottom of the list. And the records you know, are always so, getting broken because the game's getting changed. Yeah. When these records, <laughs> they're not breaking. You're not breaking Cy Young's record. I can tell you that right no, now. No, <laughs> no, any of them. You're not getting close to his loss list, his loss amount with no. your wins, you know? No. So, <laughs> so I don't think you I don't know. I don't think anyone have as many decisions as he had losses. I know. That's it. ridiculous. I, you know, it's just it's crazy how baseball is like that. When it's like, oh, the old records get broken, but not these ones. No. Um, and baseball's crazy. The history of baseball is is is, is unbelievable. It's it's a history all its own, and it's it's something no other sport can can repeat mm. or, or, or duplicate. I don't I don't know what else can really closest maybe is is maybe college football because that goes back. The 1860s and 50s, and yeah, and maybe hockey, yeah, but hockey I don't think has the the, the, the popularity as baseball does. Yeah, um, I don't think it's quite like like college football. You said goes back that far, but it's a little more niche. Like I think you have to be not only into football, but be into football so much that you're going in, into the yeah. college space. If yeah, that that's makes... that's it's almost like you don't know it because it's like it's weird. Plus, it's only really think about it at most year you got a you know four year career in 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 playing at that level in college. So it's not like you get 20 years of of Ken Griffey, you know, yeah. it's like you only got four years of Tim Tebow, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, but, uh, yes, yeah, so that's why, you know, doing these lists are going to be exciting and I'm, I'm pumped up to continue going with them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited because, uh, there's got some good lists and there's some lists that when I think about, it, I don't know where to place some guys. So I'm excited to get more into it. Um, but that about wraps up our first, our inaugural episode of our round the horn all time list. So, uh, like we said, next week we'll go catching first base and DH the two, three and whatever number you want to put on DH position, zero, whatever the hell. So we'll bring you with that. And then after that, we'll do middle of the infield and outfield and all that great stuff. So unless you have anything else, I'm going to wrap this thing up and put a bow on it. That's it. All right. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, You can listen to this podcast every week on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Uh, You can listen to this podcast on our regularly updated YouTube channel, as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Mike Lepree. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Lepree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. 
You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at Screwball Pod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at Screwball Pod. No eating screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.